You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode. Exciting news. This podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, who have been telling Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. Follow them online at oklahomahof.com, and then definitely follow them on Instagram for all the information that you need, because I'm sure that's where you follow us as well, at oklahomahof. Let's get into today's episode. On today's podcast, I have Tiffany Webb with me. Tiffany has a company called Britain and Bailey's, and which you're going to hear about for the rest of this podcast. But I just love the fact that you named the named the company after two dogs. Like that's that's awesome to me. Uh, I love that. I have two dogs of my own. That's we can be friends. Um, but no, appreciate you taking the time out uh, to come on the podcast today. Um, I know you're very busy and today seems to be like a busy day as well. But um, yeah, uh, tell us a little bit, I guess, before we do the whole Britain and Bailey's thing. I mean, we both graduated from SNU, right? Yeah, we did. Yeah. How uh, crazy. So I actually live, <laughs> I live like where I can see the sand volleyball courts right now. <laughs> it's oh, wild. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah, we met back to Bethany. It's, it's really weird. <laughs> yeah nothing's changed <laughs> no nothing has changed no you're right <laughs> so uh born and raised here then no actually i was born i've been all over the place i was born in Roswell, new mexico yes alienville um that's where i was born yeah. and then i lived in texas like all through west texas and then i landed here for snu and stayed so okay uh i know roswell pretty well i played golf down in artesia quite a lot yeah, yeah. Yeah, so play down Small there. Town, but uh, play as well. So Yeah. So why SNU? You know, it's kind of weird. Like, I've been in the Nazarene world my whole life. And so um, my uncle went there. My brother was there whenever I was looking at transferring. So I went to a really small junior college. They actually paid me to get my degree, like my associate's degree there. And of course I'm going to go there cause it's free. Oh. Um, so I got my associates and then was looking for, to transfer and it was either Texas tech or SNU. And my brother was at SNU and, um, family history there. So I decided to move there and then met my husband and it's all history yeah. from there. So it, it seems like uh, knowing friends from down in that area, like Texas tech is a huge draw. Everyone seems to go that way. Right. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot to, be said for Texas Tech. It's a good school. There's lots of scholarships, all of that. So it was down to those two. I'm, I'm not sure why I went to SNU because I'm paying, like I paid for a long time to go to SNU. It was very expensive. I'm glad I did. But, yeah. but yeah, way more expensive to go to SNU than it was to go to Texas Tech. So. Yeah. Was it, I guess probably wasn't that big of a cultural jump to come from Roswell up to Bethany because they're probably about, but Roswell's probably a little bit bigger or they're about the same size. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, so I, I had been living in Texas for, for a while, um, just cause I went to junior college there. Um, so, but it was all small town. So it was something I was used to. It wasn't a huge change. Actually being close to Oklahoma city, I felt like I was in the big city. I was like living the life. Yeah. <laughs> and this was kind of mid two thousands. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. About 2003. I graduated at 05. Okay. So, um, yeah. so, you know, you, you come to SNU from, from your junior college and 
I mean, at that point in life, do you kind of know what you want to do? Do you know what degree you're going to do? Not at all. So I, I, well, I got a business degree. I knew that like a business degree, I could do a lot with a business degree. So I thought, well, that's pretty good, like spectrum of where I want to be. So I got a business marketing degree, just pretty basic. And then I started on nonprofit work. So do you know the children's center, like across from SNU, basically mm-hmm. I worked there. I did their marketing for quite a few years. And then I moved from there to City Rescue Mission and I did their fundraising and marketing for quite a while and then um, got kind of tired of the nonprofit world. Like I loved it, but at that point in time, if I did not do my job, people didn't eat, which is a lot of pressure. (laughs) So um, I decided to make a change to the for-profit world and uh, it's kind of wild. Like my, the person that hired me at City Rescue Mission Her uncle worked for um, Hobby Lobby, and I had worked with Barbara Green at the time. She was very involved in City Rescue Mission, so I'd worked with her for a while. So I just submitted my resume there at Hobby Lobby to be an assistant because I thought, okay, it'll just get me out of this world, and I have to work my way up. And they actually hired me as a buyer, so I started as a candle and candle holder buyer there. And then I worked there for about seven and a half years, completely revamped their candle department. Uh, They actually were producing candles in-house at that time. Mm -hmm. And um, shortly after I started, we quit manufacturing. We outsourced everything. And um, I learned the business from literally the ground up. So I built relationships with fragrance houses, with candle companies overseas and domestically. Um, I learned it from the inside out. Um, there's a lot of science in candles I didn't know about (laughs) until I started that job. So about fast forward seven and a half years, I'd grown their business about 90%. And, um, I was getting offers from some really big name companies and they were asking me to jump ship and come work for them. And and instead of doing that and uprooting our family, you know, we have two kids, we decided to, um, sell everything, sell our house, uh, everything we own, literally everything we own and uh, pour it into a business and launch our own brand. And that was in uh, March of 2018. I quit Hobby Lobby and we launched our brand. So we yeah. moved into a two bedroom apartment uh, downtown with two kids, which everybody thought we were crazy, um, but we did it. Uh, we just moved to Bethany to like a real house with a real backyard. <laughs> that's <laughs> It's been wild. That's like how, how does that conversation go with, you know, with, with your husband and then obviously with like mom and dad and in-laws, like, especially with the kids, right? (laughs) Yeah. So my kids were like, whatever, you know, they're young. So they didn't really care. They, they thought the building was really cool and like moving with sun. So they were fine. Um, now everybody else was a little bit different. My husband, and so when we, when I started getting these offers, he, he was like, well, you need to tell Hobby Lobby you're getting these offers. And we need to think about it. You know, it'd be a move to Dallas. It'd be a move to Chicago. It'd be <laughs> these huge moves. And um, so, you know, there was a lot of that conversation. And then we kind of got down to the nitty gritty. And he said, you know what? You have built their business up so much. Like, why don't you just launch your own brand? It was his idea. Honestly, the business was his idea. And I thought he was crazy at first because I was like, I don't know anything about owning a business. <laughs> But he was like, you know, the product, you know, that side of things we can, you know, I've owned a business for a long time. We can figure the rest out. And, um, he was like, we'll just take the equity out of our house. And I thought, okay, so we're selling the house. Where are we going to live? <laughs> what are we going to do? And, um, he has been my biggest cheerleader from day one. 
be where I'm at without him a hundred percent. So he was the dreamer. Let's do it. Let's dive in like all in a hundred percent. Um, and I was the scaredy cat. <laughs> so I was, I was afraid. Um, but you know, like my in-laws and my parents, uh, they're not dreamers. They're not risk takers by any means. And so when I told them what I was doing, they thought I was crazy. Um, you know, there was conversations about like, you have insurance, you have a 401k, you have a reliable job. <laughs> There's all these things that seem perfect, you know, and in their life. And, um, so they all thought I was crazy and they were like, this sounds really cute. You've always been a dreamer. You're probably going to come back down to earth pretty soon. You know, there's a lot of that conversation oh, yeah. uh, that happened, you know, and I was like, well, you know, worse, worse comes to worse. I left on really great terms. They told me I could always come back to hobby, so I'm fine, you know? So that was kind of how I ended it with the parents was like, it'll be fine. I can always get another job. It's fine. And, um, so fast forward, like they're all on board and very excited about where we're at now, <laughs> but oh. it was definitely a, like, that's really cute <laughs> in the beginning. So, you know, that's how yeah. it goes. Yeah. That's, oh, that's I, I love, see, I love stories like that because, you know, when, when you're coming out of college, it's totally different starting a business than it is when you have a successful job, you and your husband are earning money and you have kids. Like yeah. that's a big risk. Yeah, it is. And everybody's like, you have kids, like you're moving to a place without a backyard. You're moving to a two bedroom apartment from a three bedroom, like dream home in the country. And, <laughs> you know, so and I was like, it's, that's what we want to do. You know, we want to take the risk. We want to go all in. Um, you know, worst comes to worst. I get another job, you know, it'll be fine. So <laughs> yeah. See, yeah. We share, we share that. Cause I like, I'm like that. I'm like, whatever, like we can get another job. It's no big deal. Like there's jobs everywhere kind of thing. We'll figure it out. Let's give it a go. Yeah. Um, and my wife is the opposite. My wife is the chilled, you know, likes a steady paycheck, knows what's going on and, and it, more reserved, I guess would be the way to put it. Uh, but yeah, that's so, so o over the years of working at Hobby Lobby, then you have learned the ins and outs of the candle making business. Yes. So, you know, when we decided to launch, I, it was, it was obviously a natural move to do candles because that was what I knew. So I knew, I know candles from the very scientific to like the pretty fruit fruit fragrance part of it. So I know all the perfumers, I know all the boutique fragrance houses. I work with a guy um, at a fragrance house in Chicago. He knows me very well. You know, he'll come up with some fragrances. I'll take a look at them and we'll tweak them and say, you know, I need more base notes. I need this. I need some sandalwood. Um, so we work very intricately when it comes to fragrances. So they're all exclusive to my line. So you won't find them anywhere else. And, um, but I know like how the fragrances react in the wax to the polarity level, which is pretty crazy because a lot of people pour candles at home or, you know, in their backyard, they're just like, I'm going to pour. And that terrifies me because there's so much science that goes behind the scenes to make a candle actually work correctly. So to the wick, like the size of the wick, the type of the wick, all of that. So ours are all optimized for each vessel. Uh, it's, it's very scientific, but um, none of that really matters as long as the experience is good and it's always good with our stuff. So, 
Well, yeah, I mean, I have, I have, it's funny. I have a friend who is like kind of recently, uh, in the candle making scene, I guess. Um, and, and he, he's very good at like the selling side. He's very good at the kind of SEO side of things. So I, I, it looks like he's doing very well. I think he's doing very well. Um, and he's actually previously been on the podcast as well. Um, but he does see SEO stuff, marketing for other businesses. And he's just like, well, if I'm doing it for other businesses, I may as well just try it for my own thing. Mm. Um, and that's what he's doing right. like that. Um, and his kind of fragrancing, I, I mean, I don't, he doesn't have the background that you have in like the scientific side of things and working for a corporation for a very long time. But he's drawing his fragrances from like childhood memories, going on road trips and stuff. The story's awesome. Um, for a fact that he doesn't have the scientific knowledge that you have because you can't have that over six months of doing it compared to you working, you know, for corporations. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And you know, I mean like Hobby Lobby has to do things here where everybody else can kind of like fly under the radar a little bit until they get to be really big and then there's problems. So, yeah. So, you, this was 2018 that you decide that, you know, let's give this a go. Yes. So March of 2018 is when I quit Hobby Lobby. We launched the business. So we had a launch party in September and then we launched it actually sending product out in October of 2018. Okay. And how many, uh, how many, I guess, candles were in that first kind of run? You know, so I had, this is crazy. So because of my relationships, whenever I quit Hobby Lobby, so I gave like four weeks notice when I quit Hobby Lobby so they could find somebody, I could train them, all of that. So I wasn't allowed to speak of the fact that I was starting my own company until the very last day. So on my last day, I called all my manufacturers. I called my fragrance house and I said, Hey, I'm launching my own brand. You know, I'm quitting Hobby Lobby and they all, um, <laughs> and we're terrified. Um, but then I told them I was starting my own company and they said, we'll help you. Anything we can do, we're here for you. And honestly, my candle vendor from Vietnam, I built a huge relationship with them and they actually do our tents, which are back here. Um, so that's what we launched initially with. I knew their quality. I knew their production. I knew they could do the, the candle we wanted, the wax we wanted, the fragrance, everything. So we went with them initially and I, <laughs> our first order was, Gosh, I want to say, I'm trying to remember. It's been so long. I think it was like 3,500 pieces, which to me was like a ridiculous amount of candles to start out with. Somebody <laughs> it was terrifying. ordered 3,500 candles from you. Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. That was our initial order. So we had to have all that. Oh, inventory oh okay. In. Yeah. So okay. I had to I order like, that. What? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, 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 no. I wish that was my first month right. of candles. No, my first close to like 45. So okay. when we launched, we, we launched a subscription company. Um, so basically we were going to do two candles a month for $22.99 and we we're just going to do the tins and I had seven fragrances. And so that's how I launched it. Um, during our launch party in September, which we didn't even have product in our warehouse in September. Uh, I, I think I got it like October 1st and sent it out the 7th. Uh, so it was nuts. It was a quick turnaround. Um, but I had somebody come and say, hey, we want you to do wholesale. Do you, would you consider selling to boutiques? And I had not considered doing wholesale at all at that point. I was just doing the online sales and the subscription sales. And she really wanted our candles. Um, 
her name's Jan. She works at Mirror Mirror in Piedmont. And I said, well, yeah, I don't know. I'll think about it. I'm not really sure. And, you know, it was a why not kind of deal. Like, why wouldn't we? So we launched the subscriptions and did about 45 the first month, which was pretty good for the first month. Yeah. <laughs> you know, being a no name, anybody. Um, and then uh, I got wholesale in December with her. She sold out in a week and I knew we were on to something. So I had to figure out the wholesale channel <laughs> and um, we launched wholesale shortly after that, like in a big way. We went to Dallas market and um, we're in quite a few states now, which is really fun. And um, our wholesale channels well, had grown really, really fast until COVID hit. Yeah. And then it was like the end of the wholesale world for a minute, but they're all coming back, which is great. So, <laughs> yeah. so right now is most of your business wholesale or I mean, before COVID, was it mostly wholesale or was it? like subscription so yeah so pre pre-covid we were probably 80 percent wholesale our wholesale oh, wow. channels were doing really really well for us and our subscriptions and like online sales were okay and then whenever covid happened we we're like oh no <laughs> this is not good because everybody shut down so we got really creative and um, we had been selling on amazon mainly because all of our competitors are on amazon so i consider my competitors pretty big people so like capri blue who did the volcano candle and volspa like the high-end boutique candle companies, those are my competitors in my opinion. And so um, they're all on there. So if I'm not on, on there, silly. So we're on Amazon and up until that point, it had just kind of been marketing dollars. You know, we hadn't really been making. And so whenever COVID happened, I said, okay, we're gonna go big or go home because our life savings is in this company. And so um, we went really big into advertising on Amazon. We got really creative with how we did our social marketing, uh, our social media marketing, and some other things that we did on our um, on our own. And that really propelled our online sales and our Amazon sales. Uh, in the month of the COVID shutdown, we actually tripled in Amazon and we doubled on our website. And that's just kind of continued since then. So getting creative about how we've marketed have really has really benefited us in those other sales channels. So now they're actually like 80% and wholesale is 20%. So it's picking back up like this month. Um, I've had a lot of people pick back up. We've had some new sales. So that's exciting. Um, which just means that we'll, you know, compound ourselves, which is perfect. But we've, uh, we've definitely got creative yeah. during this time. It's been a little different. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it's fascinating just, to, to listen, you know, with yourself and other businesses, how everyone's dealing with it and how they're changing and, and how also like it's helping them grow in areas that they, they hadn't been growing in. Right. Yeah. It's really challenged me to be creative and, um, come up with ideas that maybe I wouldn't have come up with otherwise, you know, a lot of grassroots stuff that I, I probably wouldn't have done. You know, we've had a lot of publicity, which has been really helpful. I mean, our subscriptions are up 88%. So that's amazing. We're really excited about that. <laughs> we yeah. hope that continues. Um, so, um, you know, there's a lot of that kind of stuff that's just really paid off, but it's stuff that I probably wouldn't have thought of had the wholesale channel not have died with the COVID deal. So, uh, you know, I'm kind of actually grateful for it. Uh, yeah. It sounds kind of wild, but it's worked out really well for us. As far as yeah, that goes. I guess, I mean, a lot of people now working from home, they're spending more time at home. Home starts to smell too much like the dog when they're home for long or the cat or whatever. They need a candle. Yeah. Um, one also, I'm sure, like the mental benefits of smelling a good candle too. 
Yeah, it just kind of changes the environment. I think people are sick of the same old, same old in their house because they've been around their house forever. Because <laughs> I've been around my house forever. Like, I never get out. So, like, lighting a candle just kind of gives you... And you mentioned, like, the emotive part of candles. So, fragrance actually triggers your emotions. It's actually completely integrated into your emotions. So a lot of that is people that are like, um, this candle reminds me of my grandmother's house or going on a, you know, hike in the mountains or something like that. So it kind of gives people a little bit of an escape. And I think that's what a lot of people are needing right now. Yeah. So with the marketing stuff, you really just kind of, do you have, do you have like a, a really kind of nailed down target audience? You know, so our audience is kind of crazy. So we reach Males and females, 22 and 68. And I know that's a pretty wide range, <laughs> but that's actually our specific market. And it's really weird when I think it's all females and the males step up. And um, I have a lot of guys, single guys that subscribe to our candles because they say that it makes their man cave smell good <laughs> when girls come over. And I'm like, that's fine. Whatever works for you. Yeah. <laughs> it's really funny. Um, but it's true though. I mean, it, it, Fragrance gives the illusion of something sophisticated, whether it is or isn't. So whether you feel like your space needs to be sophisticated or you want to give the illusion of that, <laughs> it's perfect. It's like when I have guests over, I always have a candle lit because one, I want them to smell our candles because, you know, shameless plug. But um, also like it just makes your house seem more put together than it actually is, especially with two kids. So, <laughs> so you know, I mean, there's a lot of that going on. I think people just kind of want to feel like they have everything put together. Sure. And and I guess the candles in it, like just looking at the brand, like it's, it's a luxury brand from the get-go, right? That was the whole goal. Yes. Yeah. So whenever I started, like when I was with Hobby Lobby, I kept elevating their brand to a degree, but they're, they're a mass market company you know there's only so much you can take the product up so I really wanted to go higher than that with my brand especially so we spend more on fragrance um, our fragrances are way more sophisticated uh, they're very depth so when you smell one of our candles you're going to get levels of fragrance so you'll smell one thing the first time you smell it and then as you light it or you smell it again, you'll get different fragrance notes. And that's the sophistication of the fragrance. And that's because we spend a lot of money on our fragrance. And our wax is a mostly natural wax. It's a coconut blend. And so it works really well with high fragrance loads. So you're going to get a great fragrance all the way through your candle and your fragrance and not anything in the wax. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lot of stuff I have no idea about, but it sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> sounds really good that's funny uh, so you can tell I'll definitely have, sorry my camera's moving because my uh, charger's stuck in my ca- stuck into my chair anyway um, yeah that's uh, I'm kind of I'm geeked out about candles now there's a lot more I, I just saw it was wax and a wick and that was it you know like there's so much more to it yeah there is. So like if you get a candle and this is really funny. So my social media person, um, she got a candle, like one of our candles and was used to burning our candles. And then she got a candle from a friend from, you know, big, big name target yeah. and started burning it and it 
you know how it tunnels and leave a bunch of wax on the outside? And she was like, you've told me about this, but I've never experienced the difference until I burned both of them at the same time. And if the wick is not the perfect size, if it doesn't work perfectly with the fragrance and the wax, it's going to leave a lot of wax and a lot of fragrance. And she said, and then I burned it again and I couldn't smell it at all. So a lot of times that fragrance will not hold in the wax. So there's all kinds of things that come with candles that make them actually work the way they should. Yeah. So, so like growing up in Roswell, the last thing you probably thought about was I'm going to have a business with candles, right? Yeah. A hundred percent. I never drink. So when I thought like, what am I going to do when I grow up? It was definitely not own a candle company. <laughs> it's kind of wild to look back at it. And even like my childhood friends are like, who is this person? <laughs> um, and it's funny when they talk to me because they don't, I totally geek out on them, but about candles, which is yeah. whatever. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but I mean, you know, time changes you. Like you kind of learn what you're interested in and, I really fell in love with fragrance and I fell in love with luxury branding and um, the fact that have to cost so much money. I think, you know, my competitors charge a lot of money for a candle. And I think the worst part about that is a candle is meant to be burned and people pay all this money for this huge candle and they feel bad burning it. And that's what's the point, you know, <laughs> what's the point of having a candle if you can't burn it. So I feel like that can be, one of the things I bring to the market is affordable luxury, something that you can afford and enjoy and love and feel like you're doing something special for yourself or a friend um, that just changes your environment. Yeah. And that, that's what makes the subscription model so good is that like, you know, you're going to have two coming in at the start of the month. So you, you know, you got a month to burn these two candles. Yeah. You either burn it or give it away. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so you said it's two candles for twenty two ninety nine. Yeah, so there's two. So we um, we started out with two candles for twenty two ninety nine, and then customers were like, "I don't always go through the two candles," and so we offered a one candle for I think it's twelve ninety nine. That's brand brand new. It's like a couple months old. Yeah. So there's those two options right now. We're working on. So we have a whole line. We have reed diffusers. We have room and linen sprays. We have an odor eliminator spray. Uh, we also have natural lotions. So we've been getting requests about doing those as subscriptions too. So we're working kind of on how the pricing will work and how shipping will work with all those. So yeah. those are coming soon um, just because of people wanting them. So, yeah. And then I guess who was the, you, you mentioned it, it was, was the store in Yukon the first one to have your stuff then? Piedmont actually. Oh, yes. Piedmont. So they were the first one to carry our candles and they sold out in a week and um, they still are probably one of our top selling uh, wholesale suppliers and they have all of our line and it's, they're beautiful. They're wonderful. We love them very dearly. <laughs> what, what about, uh, I guess, how, what's the furthest you've sold a candle and then what's the furthest wholesale account that you have? See, um, so we've sold, we've sold coast to coast as far as on our Amazon and our, our website. So New Jersey, New York, all the way to Florida. So we've done all of this. Uh, as far as wholesale, I would say like, Carolina and South Carolina are the farthest north that we've gone. Um, I'm trying to think of the other side of the states. I mean, we're all over now, which is really exciting. Um, you know, we're in Louisiana, we're in Texas. Um, I'm trying to think of where all my brain is totally 
store locator. <laughs> but yeah, we're all over the place, which is really fun. But I think North Carolina and South Carolina are probably the farthest north that we've gotten. Yeah. So do you ever, I guess, do you ever get people sending you messages of, hey, we've just seen your thing, you know, we're on the road somewhere and we saw your candle or whatever? All the time. <laughs> all the time, which is, so I have a lot of friends that still travel um, either through Hobby Lobby or just like in the business world. And they're like, hey, we saw your candle at a boutique and, you know, yada, yada. And I'm like, yeah, we saw there. <laughs> so it's really fun. That's probably one of my favorite things is that. But also like one of my other favorite things is when people contact me and say, I'm not a candle person. I don't like candles, but I got one of your reed diffusers and I love it. And it's, I will buy it forever. So like, there's a lot of that kind of stuff that goes on. That's really, really fun to hear. So where, where's things, you know, well, we're two years in or two and a bit years into the business. Uh, you know, what, I guess when you set out, you probably wrote like a five-year plan, I assume. And then, you know, did the whole, you know, the, the cliche business plan or whatever. Uh, are you sticking to that plan or is it, or is it just gone completely with COVID gone completely off the wall? You know, I think I've rewritten that plan about, um, and I probably should rewrite it again. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things like, I know people are like, write a business plan, know where you're going. But I, I think like the biggest part that I've learned is to be really flexible. Mm -hmm. So like even at our launch party before we even had product, you know, the whole wholesale thing is like, well, I wasn't really, that might be a good opportunity. I could probably figure it out. So, you know, then it was like a rewrite, you know, and then it was, well, we're going to go to market. Well, that's, we had to figure that out. And, um, I think that's a lot of, a lot of people's issues is not being flexible. And I learned that I was not flexible at first. <laughs> I was like, nope, we're not doing that. That's not the plan. This is the plan. <laughs> but, um, I've learned that being flexible and getting creative, you know, kind of shifting gears when you need to is really, really important. And I think even, especially through this COVID thing, just realizing that doubling down is sometimes the most important part, even though it doesn't make a lot of sense. So, you know, being bold and saying, Hey, we're already all in this. So we're in it or we're out. So let's just go in. All of our competitors are going to be pulling back. You know, they're working from home. They're going to be doing nothing and we're going to, we're going to push forward. And, um, that's really benefited us. Um, and I don't know if that's cause we're small and we can, which I'm grateful for, <laughs> but you know, I mean, I think it is really important for businesses to realize that like, yeah, you have a plan and that's great, but there's going to be things that you cannot foresee like a pandemic that shuts down 80% of your business, you know, and you're either gonna hang in there and get creative and shift or you're going to die. Yeah. And the sad thing about that is I've seen a lot of businesses die since the COVID thing happened, mm -hmm. which is heartbreaking, you know, small businesses that really loved what they were doing and it was their dream. You know, they didn't, they didn't go online. They didn't make any shift. They just shut the doors, you know, and they never opened back up. Yeah. So I'm seeing a lot of that people being rigid with their plan. And I think, I think business plans have to move with your business. You know, they have to change, they have to flow with what's going on in the economy and in your customer base, you know, people asking for more subscriptions, people, you know, mm -hmm. wanting us to change things, you know, I think you have to listen to your customer. Yeah. Go with that um, and grow with that as well. Have you had trouble with like, kind of like production and getting materials and stuff like that? Yes, I have. So, you know, it's really weird. Oh, my camera just did something weird. Um, 
the weird thing is, is Vietnam. So that's where my 10 candles come from, which is a huge part of our business because it was the first thing that launched. So people really love it. It does really well on Amazon. It's, it's our cheapest price point. So it's a good introduction piece for people. That item. So because the manufacturer that I chose with did mostly big box companies. So like the Hobby Lobbies and the Pier Ones and the, all these, all those companies are like really scaling back. A lot of them are out of business or bankrupt or still haven't really placed any orders. So the plus for me is that because I'm growing right now, I'm priority for them. So my stuff is shipping early or on time out of Vietnam, which never happens ever. So I'm super excited about that. That's been really beneficial for me. But um, as far as the domestic production, so you know, our line is domestic, there, there has been some shortages of, you know, labels or lids or that kind of thing, which has been a little bit of a challenge. Um, we're kind of trying to work through it and try to decide where to shift, you know, do we shift overseas where they're getting us product? Will that matter? You know, is our customer going to be upset because we're going from the United States made product to overseas? There's a lot of that that we're weighing, but the bottom line is if we can't get them the product, what's the point? So, you know, so there's a there's a lot of that going on behind the scenes that I don't think anybody really sees. Uh, but getting stuff overseas is way easier than getting it domestically, which is wild. You would you would think it'd be easier domestically, but it's not. Yeah, I would have thought it's all opposite. Yep. Yeah. Um, how? So you mentioned that you have you know, not just candles, you have diffusers as well. What other products do you have right now? So we have reed diffusers, which um, people were asking us for a flameless option. You know, one of the most popular things right now is those wax cubes that everybody puts in the warmers. They're like the Scentsy things. I didn't want to do that because everybody was doing it, including Walmart. So I kind of wanted to steer clear of um, what everybody else is doing. And I feel like reed diffusers are just a little bit more sophisticated and they're prettier <laughs> and you don't have to worry about them. So basically you open them up, put the reeds in them, flip them a couple times and they just diffuse the fragrance. So it's passive if you don't smell it you just flip the reeds and they start all over again which is awesome it's great for like kids rooms hallways you know if you're not gonna burn candles in college that kind of stuff it's really great for that a lot of college dorms love our products because it's easy they don't have to worry about kids burning things down or leaving a melter on or anything like that so the reed diffusers are really popular I love them. They're really, really pretty and they work really well. We have a patented formula that works out really, really well and diffuses all the fragrance, which is good. Uh, a lot of, a lot of rediffusers got really muddy for a while. They were coming from China with <laughs> surprise with really low ingredients and low quality. So ours are actually from California from a guy that I know really well and he has a great formulation works really well. So we have those, we have um, room and linen sprays, which are awesome. So if you have people coming over, you can spray your couch, your curtains, your, your fabric, um, any of that, which is awesome. Um, and then we have an odor elimination spray, which is my favorite thing ever. <laughs> so the funny story behind that spray is I have um, two kids. One of them was three-year-old that got sick on a road trip on the Tulsa Turnpike, you know, like where you, there's no way to get off the turnpike, like you're stuck for life on that thing. Yeah. 
So he started throwing up. It was awful. It was in the middle of summer. I got to the house, like just got him out of the car. He was still throwing up. So I just locked the car up and went inside the house. And it just kind of baked in the sun. It was <laughs> I got rid of the car seat. I like scrubbed it with everything. The car just smelled terrible. Like I was ready to sell the car. It was so bad. And um, I called my friend's house and I was telling him the story because I was like, this is just my life. This is what happens to moms. Like we just get like this just life. And uh, they said, well, let us send you something. And um, they sent me this spray and I sprayed it once. And I left it. I came back and it was gone. It didn't smell anymore. And I was like, everybody needs this stuff. Because, <laughs> you know, that's a smell that does not go away. Right. Especially when it's baked in the sun. So I actually formulated it for our line and we sell it. It works on mold. It works on smoke. It works on throw up. It works on pet odors. It's stinky feet. Like if you have sweaty shoes or a gym bag, it works on all that. It's amazing. And it doesn't have a fragrance. It just gets rid of everything. It's called number zero. It's awesome. It's my favorite thing. Um, so yeah, that's actually it right here. This is amazing. Everybody needs it. Especially if you're a mom or own, or own a dog or a cat. <laughs> it's amazing. So we have that. Um, we also have a natural lotion. So it's a water-based lotion. Uh, a lot of lotions kind of leave your skin all slimy this doesn't it absorbs in your skin leaves you moisturized and it smells really good without being slimy so it's really great it's free of all the garbage but it's on our signature fragrances so yeah that's and our line is, and we have big candles yeah is is the you know because like we said earlier it's a luxury brand quite a boutique as well luxury boutique boutique brand so i mean is the dream to get a call from like target or something like that or or like going the opposite way? So before, so this is kind of crazy. The wild thing about COVID is I was actually talking to Neem and Marcus before COVID happened. And they were on my like dream wholesale account list with Neem and Marcus and Nordstrom. And so I had just sent them in my products and they were evaluating them. And I was talking to, they said, we're going to, burn test everything. We'll call you right back. And then everything went to shut <laughs> literally like two days later. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> no. So, um, you know, they, and they've actually since like filed bankruptcy and they're going through all these changes. <laughs> so yeah, that's probably not going to happen anytime soon. We'll see. I don't know. It would be awesome. Um, they're going to have to rebuild sometime. Yeah. They might as well call us. But um, so, you know, we're kind of still in contact with them a little bit, but they're still restructuring and trying to figure out what they want to do. So wholesale account wise, that would be my dream is to be in like a luxury brand store like Neiman or Nordstrom's. Uh, you know, I've done a lot of pop-ups in West Elm and we've talked to them a little bit about being in their brand. Uh, we outsell their candles when we're there every time we do a pop-up, which is really fun. So who knows what happens there? Now, as far as Target goes, I would love to talk to them about doing a private label program, which would be like, a, it wouldn't be Britain and Bailey's. It would be something by Britain and Bailey's for them mm-hmm. just to hit their price points and like their margins and all that. Yeah. So, but you know yeah. more than anyone else about all that stuff because you worked at Hollywood probably doing all that stuff. Yeah. So I know the inside scoop about all that. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, I'd love to do a brand for them. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, that's seems like like when you're on like dragon uh, not uh when you're on uh what is that shark tank 
We have one back home. <laughs> it's called Dragon's Den. Our UK one's called Dragon's Den. The one here is called Shark Tank. And like, and this is, yeah. But yeah, that seems like yeah, something sure. that will be coming up. But that's really cool. That's that's. I mean, that's that's a wild story for sure. <laughs> I was like, I finally get in. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's life. Yeah, and it's you know in just a, such a short time too. Yeah. Yeah, it's been, it's, it was wild. It was really strange. But, I mean, you never know. Who knows when they'll come back. I mean, they still have our samples, and yeah. they liked them. So, you know, when they're ready to rebuild, we're there. So, yeah. who knows? Well, that's – I mean, I, I, I did not expect that. That's really cool. I love that. That's, uh, so, people can go to uh, com and then look at the website and then at Britain and Bailey's on Instagram, and that's Britain with – an E-N, not an O-N, uh, which is named after the two dogs that you had, right? Yeah, so when we first got married, we had two beagles, and they were wild. Like, they used to climb a fence. We had a chain link fence in Bethany. They used to climb the fence to go play video games with the neighbor, and he would put them back over the fence before we got home. So we didn't know about it until one of them got stuck in a tree. <laughs> they were they were wild, but so they were they were our old adventure. This is our new adventure, so we named them after them. Yeah, so. awesome. Uh, all right, I'm gonna finish with a few little um, just the questions that I'm gonna throw in. Um, what would you tell your 21 year old self today? Hmm. Okay, so I think I would tell myself to to not stop dreaming. I kind of bought into like the corporate thing was what everybody was supposed to do, you know, and I think that kind of hindered my creativity, my creativity, excuse me, for a long time, you know, and I kind of felt almost maybe handcuffed to the corporate world and what everybody thought I should do. And I think there was a point where my husband and I were just going to do us. And if it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, then we can always get another corporate job. It's fine. Mm -hmm. And I think if I were to tell myself that sooner, maybe I'd be somewhere else. I don't know. I, I wouldn't change it. But if I were to talk to anybody, I would say, hold on to being a dreamer and conforming to like, this is what your life because I mean that's not what you have to do you know yeah uh, who was the biggest influence in your childhood <laughs> interesting enough it would be there's two people it's a power couple it's my granny and my granddad so my granddad actually was homeless as a child it's, it's he has a wild story he taught himself to read the bible um, read by using the Bible. And he remembers spending Thanksgiving in a doghouse. And um, he actually started sweeping the floors of um, an auto body shop and learned the business and worked his way up to partnership and then owned his own business. And so he was probably like the business influence side because I saw him working and he worked until just recently and he just now retired and moved like the, somebody in our family bought his business. Mm -hmm. But my granny was kind of the dreamer side of it. Like to think very creatively and to be bold and be who you are and not, not uh, conform probably. And so, and she always celebrated who we are for who we are and encouraged that and still does and has been my biggest supporter when I told everybody I was doing it she was like go for it so everybody else was like you're crazy 
she was like, no, do it. It's great. It's gonna be hard, but it's great. You know, and she's understood all the hiccups that I've gone through and encouraged me through those. And um, so they'd probably be my two biggest, two biggest influences together. Yeah. Uh, do you have yeah. a favorite Oklahoma memory? Oh yeah. I don't know. I, it would probably have to be <laughs> probably when my husband uh, proposed to me, honestly, that would be my favorite Oklahoma memory. I know that seems, seems weird. So I was actually, we were graduating from college. It was that point of like, we, I either moved back to Texas where, you know, my family was and get an apartment and like kind of move on or stay here um, and kind of pursue a relationship. <laughs> it was that point. And um, we were going on a date and I was like, have you thought about this? You know, where, where are you feeling? You know, do you, should I move back to Texas? Because I kind of got to make a plan. <laughs> you know, and I, I didn't want to push him, but at the same time, like I had to decide where I was going to move. And um, he was like, yeah, I don't think it's going to happen right now. We just need to save some money. And then maybe, and I was like, so I'm moving back to Texas. So I started crying in the car. We hadn't even gotten to the date. Like, <laughs> I was like, it's the end. It's the end of our relationship. Long-term relationships never work. Um, you know, from distances and all that stuff. It's not going to work. So I kind of like cried. We got to the restaurant. We had dinner. And then, so we walked down to, um, we were in downtown. We walked down the canal. And this is before anything was ever built down. Mm -hmm. Some restaurants, you know, like Bourbon Street. And that was about it. <laughs> so we were walking down the canal. And uh, he proposed to, proposed to me. And I was like, you jerk. <laughs> so, like, are you? <laughs> and he was like, is that a yes? And I was like, yeah, okay, of course it's a yes. Like, did you see me crying in the car? Yeah. Um, so, but I'm still there. It's the found downtown. So every time I see it, I think about that moment. And it's That's just, awesome. it's an Oklahoma memory for me. So. Yeah. That's awesome. Terrible. <laughs> uh, we'll finish with this one. What are you kind of fascinated at right now? What are you Googling? What are you watching on YouTube? Like what, what kind of has your eye at the moment? You know, so I do, I have a lot of things going on all the time. So like on a personal development level, you know, I'm really trying to address my health. So when I started the business to now, like my health has deteriorated because <laughs> stress has been crazy. And so I'm really focused on trying to get healthy again and like control my stress levels and like do some meditation and try to control my mind because it's always going like to the kids or to the business or, you know, one other thing. So I'm really working on that on a personal level and trying to be present in the moment, uh, which is a challenge when you multitask all the time. <laughs> so I'm working on that on a personal level, on a professional level. I'm really working on um, finances in the business because, you know, I think the statistics like 98% of new businesses, new startups fail because of finances. And I don't want to be in that statistic. So I'm really researching uh, how to handle my business and really make a profit. And cause I want to make a difference. I don't want my company just to make a profit for me, but I want it to make a difference for other people. So we're getting ready to hire our first full-time employee, which I'm really excited about. And so I want to make sure that, you know, bringing somebody on that I can sustain their salary and their living and not, you know, lose everything out from under myself. So I'm really focused on financing and, um, I've been reading profit first. I don't know if you've read that. 
by Mike McCallowicz. It's it's a great book. Um, it takes accounting to a totally different level because accounting has never made sense to me. Um, but his philosophy really makes a lot of business sense to me. So I'm kind of focusing on that right now and really diving into that and how to make a profit and also like cover all my bases and really grow the business in a gradual way. Uh, the last couple of months, it's been like explosive growth, which is great. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> um, but there's also like inventory you have to buy to sustain that. And so I kind of want to gradually grow and be smart about how we grow and not overextend myself and, you know, get myself in debt, all those things. So, you know, just a lot of smart business practices that I'm trying to go into. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, uh, I mean, it's going to pay, it's going to pay off, right? Like <laughs> it can only get better from there. I, I think so. Yeah. So I'm just glad that like somebody brought it to my attention. Now, you know, the whole financing thing. I know that I know a lot of small business owners and I I respect them greatly, but they're still struggling nine, 10 later, years later into the business. So I don't want to do that. I want it to be what I want it to be, not a burden, you know? Yeah. Awesome. Well, I, again, really appreciate you coming on the podcast and, and taking some time out of your day and uh, finding someone to take care of the kids for a little bit so you can share your story because it's uh, it's definitely an awesome one and, and I can't wait to keep an eye on the business now. And I'm going to have to get some candles. I'm sure my wife would love it if I gave her. Yeah. Uh, Let yeah. me know. I'd love to introduce you to the line. Definitely. See what you think about them. Yeah. Uh, for everyone listening, I'll post all the links to the website and the social media down below. It's at Britain and Bailey's on Instagram and then Britain and com, And that's Britain with an E-N uh, and Bailey's like the Irish whiskey drink, which is horrific. I don't like it, but it's the same way it's spelled. Uh, and yeah, Tiffany, thanks so much for, uh, for coming on the podcast. And for everyone listening, go buy a candle. Uh, you have to. It's awesome. Great story. And your house will smell better. So it's worth it. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next episode. Cheers. This podcast was presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, who've been telling Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. Follow them online at OklahomaHOF.com and definitely on Instagram at OklahomaHOF. Catch you next episode. Cheers. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.